0: The following is a community update from our head of school, Julie Bragdon, as well as other members of the MSD community recorded on Monday, April 13th at 7 p.m. via Zoom. meeting agendas at MSD from faculty to board to all staff meetings to even MSD 101 which you all participated in maybe this year or maybe many years ago begins with the school's mission and I think tonight's community meeting should be no different we are a dynamic educational environment empowering students to use diverse knowledge and experiences to reach their full potential and do good in the world So to open, what would Maria do? She would stay mission-focused on our schoolwork, even when away from campus, even when at home, during a pandemic, while trying to work and school, which I think better captures what we're all trying to do rather than distance learning. I will also continue to remind us all that this is a new anxious time for us all. Teachers, parents, members of the administration, partners, coworkers, and especially kids of all ages. We can expect longer transitions to new work, bigger feelings, new feelings, unclear thinking, clinginess, tears in adults or children, or maybe nothing new at all. Remember how thoughtfully we transitioned students in the fall to our school year. Our transition to home learning a few weeks ago, yeah, that was not so much of a transition. It was more of a hard, cold start. So I've been reflecting on that over the last few weeks. So, please give yourself patience, as well as to your new home student, as we settle into new routines and ways of working together. I read an article last week, Distance Learning in Times of Disaster, that was written by Letty Rising and Elizabeth Slade, that has helped me with context to our current reality, and I want to share it with some of you tonight. In the article, the authors share the theoretical model entitled, Phases of Disaster Response and outline the various phases of a disaster in terms of individual and collective emotional response in a community. The response phases are as follows. Pre-disaster, impact, heroic, the honeymoon phase, disillusionment, and reconstruction. In the article, the authors believe that our response to the disaster of this world pandemic was heroic and at the time of publication, the country was in the honeymoon phase feeling largely relieved that we figured something out, anything at all. Many of us are now finding a new routine, which is comforting in the honeymoon phase. Sadly, honeymoons don't last, and we will soon enter a collective stage of disillusionment, which is what comes next. Disillusionment is when we realize this is our new reality. It's sinking in that this is how life is gonna look like for the foreseeable future. And along with this new stage comes a time of grief. As we all find our footing after scrambling to figure out how to set up children on video calls as a form of distance pandemic schooling, while trying to keep our toddlers occupied, while also balancing working from home, some people are finally beginning to slow down. And what happens when people slow down is that they start feeling all of the uncomfortable feelings that were put aside during the initial scramble. The disillusionment phase can also be considered the crash. This is where the exhaustion that has been relegated to the sidelines is no longer able to be ignored. People may feel an excessive amount of fatigue and overwhelm. There is a realization that there's no going back to how things used to be, and also a feeling of hopelessness. Nothing we can do can change what has happened. The author is right. There is also a huge gap between what people need during this time and what assistance is available. As physical resources are scarce and emotional resources are overtaxed, it's a time of feeling all the emotions such as sadness, anger, sorrow, guilt, loneliness, gratitude, inner peace. This was all of me just last Thursday and I know I'm not alone. This disillusionment stage is where many people in the U.S. find themselves now. We've been doing distance learning for a week or two, or 800, actually, it's just been three at MSD. And then there was notice from the government that schools would be closed for an additional month, and some announced through the end of the year. Families who were either enjoying what felt like a short reprieve from regular life, who have been holding on by a thread, now come to the realization their children will be learning at home for much longer than originally anticipated. Many families are experiencing the impact of increased economic hardships, and social isolation may be having an adverse effect on children and families. Children and families in this stage become increasingly worried as they hear about people they know becoming sick with the virus. What felt like a vacation for many children now feels like a prison sentence as their worlds become increasingly smaller, first not being able to play with friends, and then many not being able to freely venture outside. Elementary children especially thrive on time with their peers and love having the freedom of going out of the house, so this new way of being can feel especially restrictive." End quote. Speaking from experience, I'd also argue that college-age boys who are having such a happy, successful, independent life away also feel very restricted and angry at times when they're kept in their parents' basement. Our MSD teachers are having their first day of teaching over and over and over again, as they learn how to teach in this new world that in some ways rounds counter to their Montessori training and beloved pedagogy. I did not hire any of the faculty we have now because of their abilities to edit videos in their dining rooms, and yet they're figuring it out. Something else I've been thinking about, and I'm sure you have too, is the energy we're all missing from not being together in person. Teachers and students get energy from each other, energy that cannot be replaced by Zoom calls, and we are so lucky we have at least these. In the same article that we'll put in this week's Be in Full, the authors write, quote, caregivers are feeling the weight of the pressure for their children to make academic growth and feel stressed and resentful about being a teacher, especially when they never signed up for the profession. Montessori families may in particular feel an extra burden that their children don't have packets of prescribed items like children in traditional settings and may find the freedom and independence of the Montessori approach to be chaotic, loud, and messy at home. And then there are Montessori teachers who never signed up for a philosophy that involved instructing their students through a computer screen, who are grieving the fact that they won't be able to present lessons in person to their children and that they they might not be able to see them finish the school year everyone is grieving the end of a school year that's not happening as expected all the routines for us field trips presentation projects community gatherings beehives as well as the special occasions like the end of the year celebrations of the toddler breakfast with the third graders at calwood eighth grade trips to boston and graduations have been postponed or might be canceled All of the routines of the school year, from admission visits and class placements to even how we return library books, are going to need to be reimagined. And mostly, what's at the core of our collective grief is all the time we thought we would have together at school. Quote, it's no one's fault, yet in this time of disillusionment, the feelings may lurch out as blame. That anger, that fury, might be fueled by the shared grief. Knowing this may help us all navigate this phase with grace and compassion. End quote. Our MSD at-home work is not perfect yet, but it it continues to get better daily through feedback, trial and error, and the hard work of many. In an article shared with me from the Washington Post last week titled, A Complete List of What to Do and Not Do for Everyone Teaching Kids at Home During the Coronavirus, the author writes, in these times that are without parallel, imperfect leadership doesn't and can't wait until everything is perfectly mapped out where all risks have been eliminated and every student is guaranteed equal access to the same curriculum. Perfect is the enemy of good. Educators will make some mistakes right now. They won't be perfect with everybody all the time, but that is better than waiting for the perfect plan, holding off and doing nothing at all until it's ready." End quote. So what we are doing will get stronger and closer to perfect. More learning support and specials are coming online this week, and the support Zooms with Dr. Sarah Knickerbocker and members of our own MSD support team will continue to help weekly. We are a big, diverse community of parents, just as we are students, somewhat worksheets, some way less screen time. In the same Washington Post article that and we'll add a link to this in, on Black Bottom and the B, which was actually written by master educator Andy Hargraves, a research professor at Boston College and visiting professor at the University of Ottawa, who's considered to be an expert on school effectiveness, advises against worksheets, and highlights that what we want is to keep students engaged with learning and in the idea of learning. Too many worksheets do the opposite of this. The article also highlights the needs of value play, now more than ever, which has always been a vital part of learning. It's one way we develop the imagination, engage in conversation, build relationships with others, or even work through anxieties. Dr. Montessori said, play is the work of the child. Play is good work. Please keep sharing your feedback, including what you need with your child's teacher. Fill out our surveys, talk to your level lead or student support team member, talk to me. I just want to take a moment to remind all of you that we, Montessori teachers, go to an extra year or two of schooling after college to learn how to be Montessori teachers. It's hard. That's why most schools don't do this. You had about 72 hours notice that you were hired for a teaching job that you didn't even apply to. We're going to keep giving you some tips and keep asking for them too. Sometimes we forget what we know, if that makes any sense at all. I also want to say that in many wonderful ways, you know your child best and are best equipped to support him or her through this big emotional time. They're looking to you for security, safety, and reassurance it's going to be okay. If coloring together or smashing boxes with bats is what is needed, do it. If your child needs a bead frame to do math operations, have her make it and keep learning. Help your child stay curious. We will catch up on any academic halls in the fall. That's on us. Your job is not to over worry that you're doing it wrong. You're not gonna mess anything up, I promise. So let's all stay in partnership as we continue to refine how we can do our best work together in a situation that is far from idyllic. So now, what's happening on campus? You've been hearing from your teachers a lot. So I'm just gonna give you a little taste of what's been going on in life at MSD. So this week, uh, we are looking at some new social platforms that we can add to our community connections. We're really wondering um, how do we keep the MSD community together and strong when we are away from one another? You might remember my focus this year was on building stronger parent partnerships, and that work is still gonna continue just from afar now, so stay tuned for more there. Uh, Personally, I feel that you don't need more emails from me, and I do worry about Zoom fatigue. So I am wondering about other ways that we can stay in touch and I'm considering a podcast. Actually, welcome to the taping of our pilot episode. I did send teachers their agreements for next year last Friday. I want them to have some peace of mind in the midst of this storm and the feedback has been most appreciative. We are proceeding with hiring a new learning specialist to join us next year as well. Interviews took place for this last week and again just this afternoon. The board of trustees is fully engaged in their key key responsibility of financial stewardship of the school. Both the finance and the executive committees are meeting weekly with me so we can navigate together through these new times and other committees like development, long range planning and policy continue to meet regularly as does the full board. Bryce and Casey are on campus getting maintenance work done and ensuring our campus stays safe and secure and our hand sanitizer and toilet paper are there when we need it. I hope you've seen our new website that launched two weeks ago after more than a year of hard work by many. I think it looks fantastic and perfectly um, captures kind of our feeling and vibe. Admission Inquiries is the most popular page on the site, and I take that as a hopeful indicator of our strong MSD future. Dagmar and the business office are working remotely and in person once a week to ensure that all their important duties are done. And as I said in my letter on Friday, please do reach out to Dagmar if you're struggling or need help with next year, for, for next year with tuition assistance. Caleb is also on campus regularly. At the beginning of all this, we made the decision to keep the vertical farm growing. We will have some revenue from the CSA shares, which sold out in two weeks, and hopefully a seedling farmers market week when we can leave our houses. That will help us recoup some revenue since our philanthropy revenue is so down. We are donating some produce from our farm. We all need good food now to help us stay healthy and well. I will say we've also donated food and snacks that we're going to go and use um, in, after, in after school to Cornerstone Cornerstone Food Bank. And we donated extra gloves to a PPE drive for Rose Hospital. The PA continues to do good great work supporting our community and I'm thankful for their good counsel always. Please reach out to them if they can help you too all right that was a lot from me so now for the q and a part uh we won't get to all the questions that were sent in especially the ones that came in at six or right at six but we'll definitely get in um most of them um and so now i'm going to ask a question and turn it over to some people um all right, so the first question, oh, it's actually for me. Okay, sorry, you have to listen to me a little bit more. Uh, will students be returning to school this year? How and when will you make the decision? Are we coming back to campus? Why did we not close when DPS closed for campus learning? So that's a eight part question there. So, um So this is a thought process honestly and what if we should close schools when we should close schools I think the governor polis was taken by surprise by all the schools on the front range closing Um, he's actually not mandated any school closure past April 30th I do meet with all the other ACS heads every Tuesday at 4 o'clock and this has been an ongoing discussion about what we're going to do our hope is that we can return to campus um, if it's safe to do so Uh, our nurse and children's hospital are also part of that decision-making mix Um, and i will say if we can return safely before the end of the school year um, it might mean smaller class groupings uh, different playground rotations no community eating in the lunchroom different cleaning protocols Uh, We're just going to have to wait and see what we are advised to do. But right now, I don't have a decision. I know everybody would like to know, but I also worry that nobody wants to hear we're not coming back to school. So just trying to balance and make a thoughtful decision um, uh, when we're able to make it. And it'll just kind of depend on outbreak graphs and all that good stuff. And um, so I don't know yet. I'm hopeful. I really want to go back to school. All right. Question two. How does the implementation of remote learning affect the financial status of MSD in the short and long term? And for that one, I am gonna turn it over um, to Steve Mastowski, who is our chair of the board.
1: Sorry, one moment. (laughs) Okay.
2: Go for it, Steve. Here we go, thank you. I kept clicking and clicking and nothing was happening. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Thanks, Julie. Uh, Well, that's a fantastic question. I'm sure it's one that's on the front of everyone's minds, uh, not just the school, but their own um, personal financial situations. Um, There are a lot of impacts in a lot of different ways. Um, First of all, let me say that um, Julie and Dagmar and the admin team uh, immediately began looking at budget impacts when they realized we were going to probably be um, schooling from home for a while. And so kudos to them for getting right on it so we could understand the impact and start making any necessary adjustments. Um, Julie already mentioned in addition to that um, the board in, in addition to regular board and committee meetings the finance committee and executive committee have been meeting with Julie and her team weekly so we can stay on top of this thing as it continues to evolve. But to answer the question directly, uh, on the short-term side, which I'm going to call the remainder of this school year the short-term side, just for ease of discussion, Um, number one is our revenue will certainly be reduced. Um, There's a couple aspects of that. Uh, We need to collect the rest of tuition for the remainder of the year. There's still um, one payment for most families that are um, on a payment plan, and so we hope to collect all that money. Um, but realizing that there are some families that are are really hurting right now and and may have difficulty doing that. And I know the business office is trying to work with them on how to make that happen or help them make that happen. Um, Additionally, uh, we expect reduced philanthropic giving um, just due to financial impact to all of us as well as um, cancellation of our live auction event, uh, which is a large fundraising aspect for us. Uh, A third item that might affect it but we don't really know is um, summer camp. We don't know if summer camp is going to happen or not. And that's another um, piece of revenue for the school. Um, On the expense side, uh, as Julie mentioned, there's still a lot going out on on campus. Uh, We continue to occupy the space. And in addition, we continue to support the remote learning environment. So pretty much all of those costs still remain. Um, There are some near-term offsets like... Field trips and things that um, haven't happened, the Boston trip that um, Julie mentioned. Uh, we were doing some site planning with an architect that we stopped doing and really never got started. Um, and then the live auction venue cost, of course, um, was reduced since we're not having that, and that's been deferred until next year, uh, minus the deposit. Uh, another aspect. Um, is under the new cares act we've applied and been allocated dollars for the federal payroll protection program which is a forgivable loan Um, there are still a lot of uncertainties on whether independent schools can use these dollars Um, luckily as a NAIS school we're working closely with NAIS and their attorneys and who are in turn working with the feds to determine um, just how independent schools might be able to use these dollars and still remain independent. Um, so there's a lot of lot of question about that still. Um, but the good news is if we can use the dollars um, we know that we've been allocated those. Um, so the short term bottom line is that the budget looks okay. That's certainly not what we would like it to be and it continues to be very fluid and that's why we're meeting regularly and, uh, and just trying to keep our eyes on what's going on there. Um, The long term, as you might imagine, and I'll I'll call the long term next school year and beyond, um, it's really hard to accurately accurately predict at this point. Um, But the main financial concern is the strong potential for reduced revenue um, due to the fact that all of our families are being impacted by not being able to go to work or not having a business that's able to run anymore. So families' ability to pay um, in the next school year will certainly have an impact on our revenue. Um, Also, we don't know if the COVID-19 virus will return in the fall. There's been some talk that it might go away for some time and be back, and we might be back to remote learning at some point again. Um, So we'll be planning for how to address that um, if and when that comes to pass. And that may require some additional expenses. Um, Julie mentioned some different platforms and things. Um, there may be other technology tools, additional faculty training, additional parent education uh, that might go into figure out how to do this, um, to do this better the next time uh, if it happens again. Um, some further long-term things we've been thinking about is uh, there have been a lot of reports that there's an expected more pronounced decline in birth rates, which have been going down and are expected to go down and are expected to be even more pronounced now, which will negatively, in fact, impact enrollment for all independent schools. So you know that's probably five, 10 years down the line, but it's something worth thinking about now. So the bottom line on the long term is it's very fluid, um, but we're confident we have the right team to continue to track the trends and we'll keep adapting as necessary. And certainly if anyone in the community has thoughts and ideas they'd like to share with us so uh, are more than open. That's all I've got, Julie, if you wanna go to the next question.
0: All right. Um, I would also re- um, say to make sure if you have not yet tuition insurance for next year to add that onto your contracts. They do, they are honoring the pandemic um, clause now in the insurance and I, there's no reason to believe they wouldn't honor that in next year's um, tuition, tuition agreements as well. At the next question uh, Does this impact summer camps at all? What is MSD planning to do if summer camps need to be canceled as payment has already been provided for these camps? And can a makeup summer session be offered? So, right now we have robust enrollment in staffing to start camps on June 15th. If we cannot run it, we will refund fees and cancel staff contracts to work. The remote learning is a service that we're still providing on the school year on your enrollment, but summer camp would be a brand new thing that we haven't even begun to work on. So we would just refund money there. I do know that one camps has canceled their June camps, but not their July camps. My hope is that that's not the case for us because as Steve mentioned, it is part of our operating budget. So if we had to cancel summer camp, that would be another hit to our budget and revenue unfortunately we can't extend the school year the teachers have contracts and they end june 3rd so what we do hope is to have camp start on june 15th the teachers are working extraordinarily hard they're not taking this month as a vacation time so we can't add on time to their contracts at the end of the school year i hope that makes sense it's been a hot topic of conversation all right. Uh, next question. What does the teacher's day look like now? So that's a perfect question. So um, we're going to ask a teacher because what do I know? I'm just the head of school. So Emily, what does a school day look like now for you?
1: Hello. I'm one of the primary teachers. Um, it definitely looks a lot different. Um, the day, the work day begins around 730 and doesn't end until the work is done, so that's anywhere from eight to 10 hours later. Uh, Mornings consist of time with your children, doing Zoom sessions, and making sure we have made and gathered all materials to execute those. Um, Lunch is typically responding to emails and more planning for the days ahead. Afternoons, um, that's when I get to chat with parents and have little check-ins. Um, on ways to continue their child's learning and also kind of troubleshoot and help provide some element of social emotional support that is so greatly needed right now. Um, The afternoons are also when the faculty and our primary team meets and um, that's when we're racking our brains to try to think of great quality education but provided from our living rooms so um it's it's a lot of uh outside of the box thinking a lot of trying to create a new wheel um the evenings and the weekends are more planning and that's when we film our youtube videos which are quite fun to make (laughs) and materials for ourselves and for families and um yeah a friend mentioned this line, and it resonated well with me, that each day kind of feels like the anxiousness of a Monday combined with the fatigue and exhaustion of a Friday afternoon. And I think probably all of us can relate to that, um, no matter what you're doing. But um, yeah. Um, But with all that being said, I'm incredibly grateful for a job, and not just a job, but a career and a community that I love and adore and want to give my all to. So um, we are all doing just that and plan on doing that till the end of the year. So thank you for asking.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Emily. I will say, um, and some of you guys that work at home know this better, but we're all learning it. It seems like everything takes eight times as long. Not being able to see each other in person, we have some of those kind of natural conversations in between. So we do have a lot more standing meetings than we ever have had before. So encroaching on all kinds of time. So that, um, those were the questions that we got together in time. I want to thank you all please email me any questions you have um, that we didn't get to and any feedback on the session, since it's our first one. Questions that we did not get to tonight, we will answer in another parent session in the B or possibly in a future email from me. because keep the questions coming. Um, I don't like anybody being in the dark. And I'll just say that in closing, uh, my final wish tonight is that we continue to give the benefit of the doubt to everyone that we're all doing the best we can in this situation. And may we remember to lean in, to share what is true, and to continue knowing that this time is shaping our children, and that our children are thankfully, as has been said in song, as well as by many smart people before me, the future. And even though it sounds corny sometimes, it also gives me some peace, and I hope it gives you peace too. Our kids are awesome. So, I want you guys to all be well, I thank each one of you for being on Team MSD with us, and I wish you good night.